Welcome to the Alderley Park Discovery Podcast, produced in partnership with the online pharmaceutical news and analysis destination, PharmaForum. The podcast presents perspectives on UK and global bioscience innovation trends, with input from experts located within Alderley Park in the northwest of England. The Life Science Campus offers exceptional bioscience facilities for R&D-focused life science companies at every stage of their life cycle, from startup to global corporate. I'm Dominic Tyre, Creative and Editorial Director at PharmaForum. In this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about access to skills in the life sciences sector. My three guests are Dean Edney, Head of Global R&D at Sci Life Sciences, Dr. Kath Mackay, Managing Director at Alderley Park, and Steve Joins, Managing Director of Joins and Hunt. First up on this episode of the podcast is Dean Edney. Dean, welcome to the podcast. And I wonder if we could start by asking you to give the listeners a brief introduction to Sci Life Sciences. Yeah, hi, Dominic. Sure, no problem. So Sci Life Sciences is, I guess, what we term a, a pure play, contract, research, development and manufacturing organisation. Uh, so we provide services in the discovery space, development space, and also manufacturing to our clients. Uh, Sai is an, a company originated and is headquartered in, in India, in Hyderabad. Um, and the company's been successfully supplying small molecule CR DMO services um, successfully over the last 20 years. Uh, so pretty well established, um, very well established in India. Um, and looking to expand globally. So we currently employ greater than 2,000 people in our organization worldwide, but the vast majority of those are actually based in India. And looking at the, the um, expansion story, so as you say, you're uh, based in, in Hyderabad, but expanding globally. Could you tell us a bit about um, Sci Life Sciences' general expansion story and um, give us a, a bit of an update on what the company is, is doing in the UK? Yeah, sure. So given the history I've just described and in terms of being a successful organization based in India for the last 20 years, the, the Sci organization has a fairly broad customer base. So it consists of big pharma. We work currently with seven out of the 10 top big pharma. We work with small and medium-sized biotechs in, in Europe and the US. As I say, historically, SAI has been very much Indian-based, but there's a desire to transform from being viewed as an Indian-based um, CDMO into a global organization. And that transformation has been underpinned by some really ambitious growth plans and some significant investment over the last 12 to 18 months. So within the last year or so, uh, we've opened new sites in Boston, Massachusetts in the US. The site there is a discovery biology focus, so it works within our discovery team um, and is well placed in that sort of biotech network on the East Coast. We've also opened um, process R&D, so development focus facility in Alderley Park in the UK as well as continuing to expand our R&D manufacturing capability and capacity in India. So, for example, our, our manufacturing capacity in India, greater than 70% of that capacity is less than three years old. Focusing, as you say, Dominic, on the, on the UK expansion. Um, yeah, so our first UK employees joined the organization in November last year. Um, so 12 months working in the UK. Uh, those first employees was a very small group um, with a remit to build 
a centre of excellence in process research and development in Alderley Park. Um, the team and facility has now been up and running since July, um, and the team are, are really currently fully employed delivering projects for both existing site customers and also we've already attracted in some new customers. So the response we've seen to this new facility and the new team in the UK has been overwhelmingly positive, probably more positive than we would have anticipated when we embarked on this uh, venture. And as a consequence, we're also considering more UK expansion um, from this point out. That sounds very exciting times for the for the company. And uh, looking at the the Alderley Park uh, base, is, is that your that's the company's first European location, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. First, first European location, um, second location outside of India. So when, when it came to to um, setting up the first European base for the Sci Life Sciences, what what sort of skills were you were you looking out for? Yeah. So. Maybe I should just provide a little bit more background in terms of, of what we're doing um, in the UK. So our process R&D centre of excellence focuses on small molecule drug substance process research and development. So we're looking at supporting clients in their delivery of early clinical trial material. But from a majority perspective, we're looking at um, developing processes that can be used to scale up uh, chemistry to deliver material and can also be transferred ultimately into manufacturing. So the, the team in Alderley works really closely with our colleagues in India, but in terms of the skills we need for that process R&D center of excellence, it's very much um, small molecule drug substance focused. So key skills were synthetic chemists, with process development experience, ideally, analytical chemists, particle scientists, and process engineers. So very, very lab focused, very, very scientific focused. Um, and over and above that core scientific group, we're also looking for a small group of leaders with a combination of deep technical expertise in their various areas, but also with experience in leadership, people leadership, and project leadership. And when when it came to drawing up the shortlist for um, what would become your your first European base, were there were there other locations, maybe other countries that, that were on on the shortlist, or did you always have in mind uh, the, the UK and perhaps Alderley Park? Yeah, I think strategically, um, from a side perspective, we were thinking about an expansion uh, to take some locations closer to our main customer base. So the bulk of our customers are based in Europe or the US currently. So it was about looking for locations which would bridge the gap between India and where our customers sit. As I mentioned earlier, the decision to site the um, biology hub in the US um, was already taken. So from a, the process R&D development facility, it was a choice between Europe and the UK. We very quickly settled on the UK as an area of focus because there are so many opportunities in terms of the burgeoning bioscience centers and and science parks that are available in the UK. So there were there were many, many choices for us in the UK to look at. And um, we did look at a broad number uh, across the UK before we settled on Alderley Park as the site of choice. And then give, given that, that uh, uh, competition uh, clearly that existed with, within the UK, what, what made you um, choose Alderley Park? Yeah, I was 
there were probably a number of factors. Um, you know, we talked earlier about the the sort of skills we were looking for um, and access to you know high quality talent um, was something that was high on our list from a location perspective. In fact, it was one of the key drivers for looking at expanding into the UK to be able to access the UK um, science talent sector. Um, so the networks um, were really important to us in terms of being able to pull in the right type of people into the team. We were also looking at um, a site that would provide additional support in terms of partners, technical support partners that could plug the gaps where our current skill sets would require to be supplemented, but that we weren't able to deliver ourselves. And when we came to Alderley, there are a number of things that really fitted the bill perfectly in terms of that access to technical support partners, collaborators, and also potential future customers. You know, the site was clearly already a, a very thriving scientific community, which was very attractive. Good proximity and access to the skills, whether that be in the local academic institutions in and around the the site or access to similar organizations and or customer organizations, which again, geographically were, were in the right region for us. The site's obviously very accessible by road, rail and air, so that was good. I think the, the thing that really tipped the balance though from our perspective is that the infrastructure and the support services off, that were offered by the site were, were perfect for our needs. And in the initial conversations, it was pretty clear to us that the site leadership understood what our needs would be. Clearly, their previous experience in the sector and from the site's heritage use was, was a really good fit for the work that we do. And we felt our needs would be very well catered for in terms of situating ourselves in Alderley Park for, for lots and lots of different reasons. And Dean, what, what's been your experience of, of uh, taking a small um, established team and, and growing it at, at Alderley Park? And what, what sort of uh, talent were, were you looking to uh, recruit into the team? Yeah, actually, it's been a really, really positive experience, Dominic. You know, where we are as of today, I'm, I'm really happy with the strength of the team at Alderley and the diversity that we've managed to achieve in terms of the experience um, and skill sets for the team. But just to answer your question, you know, we started with a small nucleus of, of individuals that were recruited directly from SAI. So four of us started late last year um, with that remit of building the team. The team is now currently 25, a mixture of synthetic chemists, analytical chemists and, and process engineers. Um, and we found that, that that recruitment process went really positively. We, we actually started at the top, um, thought about what leadership we needed. Uh, we went out and recruited that leadership first. And I would say uh, when I look at uh, the leadership that we recruited uh, into that process, um, two key leaders were brought in to supplement the, the initial team we started with. Um, and one came from uh, the local area working actually for a competitor CDMO um, pretty locally. So it's great to have somebody join us that had that experience. And the other came from uh, quite some distance away, but in the pharma industry. So our, our key leadership team was a mixture of local and, and national recruitment. From there, we went down into a senior chemist role that we were looking at. Uh, the majority of those senior chemists were people that were already in the industry and the vast majority of them, not all, but the vast majority of them were recruited locally um, from businesses around the area and uh, one or two 
um, from organizations already on Alderley Park. It was important to us, though, to balance out our team and make sure looking forward that we, we were planning for the future. So as well as recruiting uh, those experienced uh, scientists, both chemists and analytical chemists, just recently we've completed recruitment of what I would call fresh PhDs and postdocs straight out of academia. Um, and those guys are really important to us because it's important to balance uh, experience in the industry with cutting edge science that we get from those recruits that come straight out of academia. And it's important to us to get that balance right in the team as we start and maintain that balance as we move forward. So yeah, we just uh, just brought on board three or four uh, PhDs and postdocs in the chemistry space, uh, which again were predominantly recruited from universities in, in the region. Overall, yeah, very successful, very happy with the balance of the team at this point. And the team is well positioned to support our delivery and also growth moving forward. And so finally, Dean, um, looking to the future, how are your new facilities at Alderley Park going, going to be used? So, yeah, so we're, we're looking to provide uh, a world-class process R&D service um, to develop drug substance processes for all phases of, of development for our customers, as well as supplying those initial quantities of stark materials, intermediates, and drug substance for early development studies. So it, predominantly lab-based, uh, a lot of um, process R&D being done in the lab, a lot of chemistry being done in the lab, and also scale-up and delivery of one to, up to one to two kilos of material for our clients. So there's, there's very much a strong scientific delivery from the team in Alderley. I think it's, it's also true to say that the, the Alderley team are not just a small UK outpost in the SI organization. They're a fundamental part of our process R&D team. And they also spend a good percentage of their time interacting very closely with the teams out in Hyderabad, um, building a, a, not only a world-class process R&D service, but also an integrated global team is really important to us because it allows uh, our customers and clients that initially are attracted to what we can offer from the Alderley team to then, as their projects mature and develop, to access cost-effective manufacturing um, in our sites in India. So the, the team are, are very much focused on delivering high-quality science in their own laboratory facilities, but also interfacing very closely with colleagues out in Hyderabad, whether they be colleagues in the R&D space or colleagues in manufacturing as we transfer scaled up processes out to India. Right, sounds, sounds good. And we certainly wish, wish you well for the, for the future. But um, for now, Dean, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks, Dominic. Great to speak to you. Next up on this episode of the podcast is Alderley Park's Dr. Kath Mackay. But first, Kath, for, for any listeners who maybe aren't um, completely familiar with Alderley Park, could you perhaps give us a brief introduction to the site? Absolutely. Alderley Park is part of Brentwood SciTech's network of innovation um, districts and, and campuses. Um, it's the largest single site life science campus um, in the UK, um, located in, in, in Cheshire, and it's home to over 200 um, life science and technology businesses. Uh, they're working on a wide variety of different um, tools, technologies, and therapies uh, to address many of the, the health and care challenges of our time, including um, COVID. 
Um, the site employs over 2,000 scientists and, and business professionals working in life sciences. Um, and the, the types of things they're working on range from drug discovery through to AI and digital through to med tech, contract development and manufacturing. Um, we are home to research institutions such as the Medicines Discovery Catapult, Cancer Research UK's Manchester Institute, and also um, at the start of 2020, we became home to one of the government's lighthouse laboratories. Um, they are the national diagnostic testing centres that have been set up in response to, to COVID-19. So it's certainly a very busy time for, 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 the, for the park in, in terms of the work you're, you're doing. Uh, if, we, if we look at um, uh, the importance um, of people to, to the life sciences sector, I mean, why do you think um, university connections in particular are, are vital for, for, the, for the life sciences, but also for a cluster like Alderley Park? They're, they're important um, at a variety of different levels, actually. I mean, we many of our companies are collaborating with, with universities um, and they are working on research and innovation programmes together. I think from a talent and skills point of view, um, our collaborations with regional universities are absolutely um, critical to growing and scaling the businesses on site. So we've, I said earlier, we've got over 2,000 people working on the site and many of those organisations uh, on site have, are actively recruiting. So um, many of those new scientists um, come to us from the universities that we have, we have locally. We've got around um, 140,000 life science graduates um, coming out of eight universities with an hour's drive of Aldley Park. So we're in absolutely prime position to um, match our new graduates with many of the different companies that we, we have on site. Um, so having those relationships that are mutually beneficial for, for, for our companies and the universities in terms of um, you know, matching talent and skills with roles and opportunities that we, we have on site. Uh, many of our companies um, at the moment are on um, am ambitious pathways um, and growth trajectories and, and need um, large volumes of, of graduate scientists um, into their businesses at, at this time. So our relationships with universities are absolutely fundamental um, to our companies growing and, and scaling. I think graduates are probably the, the most obvious um, entry point, but actually um, there are many uh, people that, that join companies at Aldley Park um, who are more experienced professionally. So I think that the, the barriers between academia and businesses are, um, are blurring. Um, and what I mean by that is I think, you know, once upon a time, if you started out in an academic career, you were I suppose, limited in a way and, and you, you had to stay in, in a university or academic environment. And the same in business. I think there was um, I suppose, almost a distrust, actually, of, of um, employing people who, who'd worked as scientists and, and commercial roles in business. And I think, quite, I mean, I'm happy to, to see that those boundaries are really blurring. Um, and, and, in, and in many cases, we, you know, we are seeing scientists come and join companies from, from very different backgrounds. Um, including um, university and, and academic careers. So as you say, many of uh, your companies are already working with uh, universities, but how about Alderley Park? What's the site doing to uh, inspire the next generation of scientists? 
We think it's really important for our scientists to to be seen. Um, so we offer kind of platforms um, for our scientists to to get their message out there um, and inspire the the next generation of of, of scientists um, and, and leaders. So we do this by um, we have a science seminar program where we invite um, scientists from the older part of the community to talk about that their work. Um, we used to do this um, in our own conference centre on site, but actually COVID has um, given us the opportunity to bring that to a digital format and reach a much wider audience. So we we are very keen to promote the, the scientific work um, of our companies and the people. Um, and as I said, using um, our science seminar programme, that's one way of doing it. We, we like to um, produce case studies on many of our companies and the people who work in those companies. Um, and, it, and we're really kind of proud to tell the stories of many of the successful companies and people on site. Um, we try to put forward um, scientists and um, executives from many different backgrounds to ensure that there's a diverse range of, of, of people and voices that, that are heard. I think personally, it's really important um, to, to showcase people from a diverse group of backgrounds and champion under, underrepresented groups and I, I feel personally if you, if, you, you know, if you can't see it you can't be it so it's really important for us to to um, provide that platform for, for many different types of professionals and scientists that we we have on site I think in terms of inspiring the next um, generation of scientists the the university connections also come into um, to play we've previously had um, careers days uh, where we have worked with local universities to physically bring them on our site, uh, introduce them to companies and scientists so they can learn about careers in life sciences. So at the end of uh, 2019, we worked with the University of Manchester very closely and had a series of visits with their pharmacy departments, and biological science departments, where they came to Oldley Park met scientific leaders and also you know, real life bench scientists to learn about different types of careers. Um, I think it's really important to show the scientists the future, the different career pathways they could have and can reinforce how important it is to have a good solid life science degree and, and what that can open up for, for the future. It can open up careers in academic science. Um, it can open up R&D careers, working in a business. But also, I think some of the organisations that we have at Oldley Park who are recruiting might be recruiting for people with life science degrees on the on the legal side, working in intellectual property, for example, is, is another avenue. Um, so I think it's really important to be able to um, offer these opportunities to young professionals and um, future graduate scientists working closely with our businesses. When it comes to attracting new life sciences companies to the, the northwest of England, where uh, Alderley Park, of course, is located, why is access to skills so important, do you think? I think if a company um, is thinking about a new place, uh, a new headquarters or, or a new place to, to put down roots, they need to be they need a guarantee really that if they if they join Alderley Park, they're going to be able to grow their company and recruit people. So it, it's I'd say actually it's the it's the top thing we're asked when a new company comes to site. Um, when, once they've seen the facilities and they've seen the great environment, they want to know where are they going to get their people from. Um, so those university um, connections and connections with other campuses, other employers are, are, are vital really in providing that reassurance that, um, that if a company joins Oldley Park, 
they will be successful and they'll be able to, to grow their business through through the recruitment of people. Um, in my experience, I, I spoke heavily in this in this interview about um, universities and graduates. Um, in my experience, that talent is needed at, at every level. So um, businesses need to understand that they can recruit new graduates. So being in an area where we've got the largest life science um, pool of graduates and talent outside of the Golden Triangle is, is very advantageous for us. But companies also need to know that they can recruit um, uh, vice presidents, site heads and executives at a very senior level. Um, so having a network of, um, of, of recruits that we work with um, and, and other um, professionals is, is very advantageous. And we've got companies coming to Oldley Park who um, are coming for the very first time and they're actually recruiting talent from the Golden Triangle and South. Um, and, and most people are, are choosing to relocate in the Northwest because it's such a strong offer. And finally, for this episode of the podcast, if we, if we look to the future, you, you mentioned, of course, that uh, Alderley Park already has uh, over 200 companies lo- located at the site uh, um, across a, a fascinating mix of um, life sciences disciplines from digital to med tech to contract development to, to, to AI. But looking to the future, Kath, what, what's next, do you think, for Alderley Park? Um, I think that uh, it was that's a very interesting question, actually. So we opened up our... Um, new technology hub at the start of uh, 2020. Um, it's called Glasshouse and it's an absolutely brilliant place to, to work. Um, despite everything that's happened with COVID and despite only launching that at the start of the year, we have um, 28 companies um, who've chosen to join us in Glasshouse and those companies employ over 400 people. So we have um, a tech hub on site sitting alongside many of our traditional life science companies and I actually think what's going to be interesting as you go into 2021 is is the blurring of, of life science um, and technology artificial intelligence 5g are, are real growth areas for us I think the 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 interfaces between tech and life sciences uh, are, are what fascinates me about the future and I think we'll see we'll see a lot of blurring of those boundaries um, as many of the life science companies, tend to be, um, I suppose, further influenced by what's happening in the tech and digital sector. Well, it'll be certainly be fascinating to watch as that uh, un- unfolds over the, the, the coming months and in, into the uh, 2021. But for, for now, Kath, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. So we're going to finish this episode of the podcast by hearing from Steve Joins from Joins and Hunt. Ah, thank you very much, Dominic. <laughs> thank you. So be- before we hear your take on, on current uh, tr- trends in UK life sciences recruitment, uh, perhaps you could give us a quick uh, introduction to Joins and Hunt. Yeah, sure. So, uh, look, uh, I started this business just over two and a half years ago, around sort of April uh, 2018, which is a business kind of born out of um, some frustrations I had with the, the recruitment market. Um, not necessarily the fault of recruiters or clients or candidates or whatever, whichever way you want to point it, but actually, more than the, the industry is uh, on the whole, uh, not even just the life sciences, actually. However, uh, recruitment can, recruitment businesses can be seen as a, a necessary evil sometimes, rather than perhaps a sort of valued and trusted business partner or somebody you can develop a working relationship with. And, I, and actually, my frustration was that I, 
I thought it could be done better. Um, there could be a, a more collaborative way of working uh, with with everybody um, who you know all parties that are involved, whether it be somebody looking for an opportunity or whether it be a client looking for a solution um, to to a staffing challenge. And, and that's the way I would think about it: a staffing challenge, because as mu- as much as we'd like to say that you know recruitment's all the same in some ways we're finding a person for a vacancy actually it can be more difficult than that and and often a, a different solution is required than, than just literally you know placing a cv on somebody's desk um I, a lot of my frustrations were sort of born out of you know wanting to uh work in a, a more trusting relationship with the people we work in so ultimately um I, I started this business to to attempt to do that not necessarily to recreate the wheel uh, but to uh, to you know, to, to try and do a better job of it. That's, that's uh, mm-hmm. you know the, the way that I was thinking, and maybe to try and put some of my own values into play. So, turning to the recruitment trends that you're t- tracking in UK life sciences, what sort of things are you seeing at the moment? Okay, so um, one of the things that I would say this year, and actually maybe for the last few few years, uh, is a demand for. Uh, a high level R&D type candidate across the market. So um, there's a big, a big market at the moment within, for example, cell and gene therapy. That's a, you know, a really interesting sector. Um, there's a lot of demand for people that have perhaps quite, you know, maybe PhD level candidates with experience in like sort of viral vector uh, design, things like that. So sort of quite complex roles, um, which, um, you know, there's one of the things I've found is that the candidates with this kind of skill set are there. They're coming from a uh, probably a more of an academic setting than than historically. Um, so, it, to me, one of the things we've seen a lot of is there's, there's quite a lot of demand for people with you know PhDs, postdocs, in very 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 specific areas. Um, and I use cell and gene therapy as an area as an example because it is uh, something that's massive in the UK right now. Um, you know, particularly amongst biotech businesses, smaller biotech businesses. Um, and that's just one example of the kind of skill sets that are needed. And that's, and that's actually replicated in, in other sectors. I use surgery therapy as an example, but there are other sectors also that are looking for, you know, really specific skills. Um, and actually, ironically, also skills that are not just in, you know, perhaps somebody with a PhD and a postdoc then who, who's also got some great experience in industry. So, some of the one of the things is it's quite a specific skill set, and that has actually led to the market becoming very, very candidate driven. What I mean by that is, you know, at the moment, if you if you've got a certain skill set, you you can be you know very desirable to a number of companies, um, which is great. Obviously, you know, we talk about um, you know you know perhaps how it looks right now. Obviously. You know, with, with COVID-19 this year, it has been different. Um, mm-hmm. the, um, the, the movement of candidates is really tricky. So, you know, getting people to interviews in a safe way. Um, sometimes, you know, some companies are much more open to, to things like oh, Zoom or, or Teams calls or, or you know, any, any Skype, things like that, that are much more, you know, open to do that kind of thing. But, of course, then you've also got... Um, social distancing at work to take into account and in labs everything. So, so that's had, that's played a real part. And actually, for the year, actually, that's also kind of made difference to the kind of companies that are looking. You know, if you look at companies that are right now, 
you know, so for example, look at the, you know, the diagnostic sector. You know, if you're involved in something like, you know, developing or manufacturing lateral flow diagnostics, right? You know, you, you, you're busy, um, and, and there's, you know, there's movement in that respect. So it has been an interesting year, an interesting time, an interesting year. Um, one of the things I, I guess, you know, I mean, I started all the way back in 2007, um, <laughs> which sort of. Um, seemed a long time ago right now, but, um, you know, the, the market since then has, has changed massively. Um, it, probably a bit less big big pharma and, and a lot more biotech. Um, and so, as I said, what's happened is, is the, the roles have truly become, you know, based around the candidate rather than what the client needs. And there's a lot more competition for good quality candidates in the market, I would say. And if we look at the maybe some of the skills that are in demand, I mean, you, you mentioned, of course, that uh, we've seen rising demand for um, certain academic candidates. But in terms of, of skills and maybe particular types of positions, what sort of uh, trends are you seeing there? What, what, what's most in demand at the moment? Oh, that's a good question. It's a really interesting question as well, actually. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously we talked a little bit about some of the R&D type positions. So, again, again a lot of the stuff in cell and gene therapy. But it's really interesting, actually. So, some, of the, some of the other things that, that we've seen um, uh, that, are, that are really high in demand are things, perhaps roles that you, you, you don't always think of to be, you know, in as high demand, but things like, you know, if you look at quality assurance, regulatory affairs is a big one. Um, goodness me, um, you know that that's an area that you know it's you know particularly if if you look at regulatory and something. I know usually I was talking about uh, you know diagnostics um, a moment ago as a sector. If you look at people in regulatory affairs in an industry like diagnostics, um, where you know where they you know they may have to be familiar with something like FDA five ten K or you know any of these kind of things. It, that's you know it's really there's really high demand and actually if, if, it's, if i'm honest with you you know a low supply of, of candidates with, with, with the right type of experience um that's perhaps sort of slightly more senior level um but think you know again things like quality assurance and people you know experience in industry um you know it, it, it's so varied um i mean the life science sector is massive but you know you know some of those type of positions as well um that's the kind of thing, if, if I'm honest with you, you know, it's difficult. Uh, you know, other, other things that are high in demand, actually, if we talk about, you know, particularly where you get biotech hubs, you know, so as you know, we're based at Alderley Park. Well, you know, there's quite a few of the companies over here that, you know, would love, would love a, a bunch of really good sort of synthetic, <laughs> synthetic organic uh, chemists or some really good experienced bio, you know, bioanalysts with, with, you know, skills like LCMS. Um, which, you know, you're used in the right way. So, so, so it is tricky. The, the sector itself, actually, the whole sector, is, there's, a, there's a massive, there's always a massive demand for great great candidates in, in a variety of positions. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a, such a difficult one to answer directly because <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be much happier man if any of it was much more easy, you know? <laughs> sure. And look, you mentioned, of course, you're based at uh, Alderley Park. How, how does Alderley Park help when it comes to uh, accessing those kind of in-demand skills? Well, there's a lot of people here, um, you know, um, and the vast majority of scientists. Actually, one of the things we like, we have a few um, clients we work with over here. One, one of the things we really like is the fact that we can get a, you know, a face-to-face meeting with you know, some, some potential clients and some clients that we work with 
you know, if I'm honest, he's been invaluable. You know, um, we're based here all the time, so we have a, an office over here. So, so it's you know, it's good to have that. Um, of course, it, it makes it makes us easier for you know candidates over here who are potentially looking for opportunities to apply. You know, we are, you know, as, as always, we we have an office here, so we could be in the community. I think that it's it's really important to to mix and try your hardest to, to be involved with the kind of people you want to work with. So it has helped a hell of a lot, to be honest. It also, if I'm honest with you, one of, like I said, if I go back to the start of the conversation, um, one, one of the things that is, you know, at the heart of the business, I guess, in many ways, was this idea of, of us trying to be more of a, a collaborative partner to all candidates and, and clients that we work with. And actually, I suppose being in amongst people, finding out what their actual issues are, whether it be a candidate looking for an opportunity, which we've seen, uh, or whether it be somebody looking to hire somebody, which we've also seen, it's good to understand what we're doing, not just recruitment in a whole, but as a business, what we're doing right and wrong. Um, you know, we we can't hide, we've got a big, <laughs> big glass window in front of our office. So, you know, we, we're always there. And it's great to, to sometimes have that sort of... Um, that feedback, really. Um, uh, again, our, one of our, our number one value is our desire to learn as a business. And actually, for what it's worth, it's, it's really allowed us to, to learn quite a lot more, um, which, you know, is, is one of the reasons it's really good to be over here. Steve, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. No, thank you very much for having me. Much appreciated. You've been listening to the Alderley Park Discovery Podcast. For all episodes and more information, visit alderleypark.co.uk forward slash listen. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you.